Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Razorback Nation, welcome to this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave us a review while you're listening on your Apple device. You can also catch us on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and any popular podcast platform. You can also catch the Hog Talk daily, following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, and our website, thehogpen.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hog Talk. Will there be an effort to get Talia into the game just to expedite his uh, his progression? You know, we're, we're, we're focused on winning the game, all right, so... We're, we're going to try to win the game, and we're going to play the best players that we can play to win the game. And we're not assuming that it's going to be an easy game, uh, and we're not assuming that we'll have opportunity just to play anybody that wants to play, to expedite anything except winning the game. So we're going to play everybody who can expedite winning the game. That's what, that's what we're going to do. So I don't think anybody should expect us to do anything else. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans everywhere? Welcome to episode number 33, Larry Legend episode. Larry Bird, for all the five Celtics fans that listen to this, my, my fellow Celtics fans. Uh, with me today, ob- obviously you guys know Friday is, uh, I host on Fridays, Jacob's got Mondays, and today it's, uh, I've got Porter Hayes, our producer, on with us. Porter, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. I had a had a chance to go uh, see a little. Uh, my son, he competed in the Area 4 Special Olympics bowling tournament up in uh, Bowling World in Fort Smith. And, man, I tell you what, if anybody has a chance to uh, to volunteer or go to some of these events that they put on, it's it's humbling and it's, it's the most enjoyable thing I've ever been a part of. I went to his track meet last year in Greenwood and uh, props to Greenwood for putting on a show. I mean, they had an Olympic village and you know, had a karaoke booth and these volunteers just, they do such a good job with helping the kids out and sticking And each kid has a a coach to help them with the bowling and stuff, but he ended up getting third in his division. So we find out November 5th, if he qualifies for state, but shout out to the area Four special Olympics group. I mean, they work countless hours to, uh, to do things year round for the kids. They do, they do flag football, bowling, cheerleading, everything you can think of. They're, they're really starting to do. So that, that was a pretty cool thing to do today. Fingers crossed, finger crossed for fingers crossed rather for you and yours. Hope you, hope you guys qualify. That'll be awesome. That'll be some, that'll be fun to talk about here too. Uh, Anytime we, anytime we get to honor special Olympics or anything like that, I think it's a good idea to, to do that here. Cause, uh, it's it's just special. It's something cool to keep up with, and um, it's good for the community and everything else. And how about you mentioned the people in Greenwood? We've talked about them before. I don't know what it is. That's like God's country in Greenwood. I don't know what something in the water. They're just good people over there. Yeah, they they definitely put something in the water over there in Greenwood because <laughs> I mean we went over there for that track meet, and you know it was just it, it was a humbling experience to be able to be around those kids and i as as a parent of a, a as a parent with the kid with special needs it really i want to spread the word to people outside the spectrum of how much this means to us that you know for one day that our kid gets to compete in normal activities and 
and feel like a, a normal competitor and an athlete, you know. So yeah. last Friday night at the football game, they brought them all out on the football field and, uh, you know, it recognized them and gave them all athletic passes so they can. So a huge shout out to the Ozark School District for that. They've really stepped up and really uh, recognized their Special Olympics athletes and, and, and made them feel like, you know, like regular kids. And that's the way it should yeah, be. So, yeah, absolutely. definitely – it warms my heart. That's one of the softest things that you can, you can get me on is, you know, the Special Olympics because, you know, I, I uh, have been a part of it for three years now, and it's it's truly amazing. That's that's good stuff, man. I uh, appreciate you sharing that here with us. Really do, Porter. It means a lot. Um, so, unfortunately, we're moving from the good the good <laughs> stuff uh, to the <laughs> – Yeah, get that out the way. <laughs> yeah, now to the dark, shadowy – alley of uh razorback football and i i promised on the last episode on monday's show jacob and i just really were kind of we'd run out of things to say after the embarrassing loss once again only this time it's a blowout kind of loss which you know salt on the wound but it's auburn to some level you get it at the same time the effort just was terrible and here we are again coming off of yet another power five loss another sec loss and now they're getting ready for you know, just Alabama. That's all. Just Bama on the road. No big deal. So, yep. Oh, as long sadly, as they don't try another fake punt, we'll be all right. Oh, my gosh. And it's sad because everybody ran with that on Twitter. Like, everyone. People who don't even pay attention to college football are, are making jokes. You know, people that are influencers in their own community. People with thousands and thousands of followers are poking fun at that play. That was so humiliating. But we've seen this before. We saw it last year with... North Texas in that awful special teams blunder that Arkansas had, where you had a guy fake the entire special teams, uh, uh, Arkansas special teams out and runs down the field. Uh, it's it's just more of the same. It's really unfortunate. But yeah, I, I couldn't believe the parody account. I think it's uh, Barry McCockner, I think's the name of it. It's a parody account. They kind of poke fun at like the SJW crowd and what have you. And they even ran with it. And <laughs> I think I think Sports Illustrated and of course ESPN, like everyone ran with that and it was so humiliating. Once again, hog fans are like, enough, enough. So let's hope that they can at least, I don't know, try to be competitive this weekend. Just don't make the the top ten worst plays of, of the week. Try not to do that. Try to at least get within the uh, you know, try to cover the spread as best you can and at least uh Make a game out of it for like a quarter. I don't know. But right now they're favored. The the uh, ESPN's Football Power Index has Alabama at 98.9% favored to win this football game with the spread being 31.5 points. So the, the elephant in the room, besides all the bad stuff for Arkansas, Alabama is going to be without Tua this week. They're going to be running a backup quarterback. Uh, and... Uh, I had it. I had him pulled up here. I don't know where it went. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. We were talking about him. Three-star prospect out of Florida. Wasn't even like a. Wasn't a highly touted pocket quarterback. Was really your run-of-the-mill somewhere. You know, just your run-of-the-mill three-star quarterback who's now going to take on Arkansas. Do you think because of that, Arkansas might actually cover the spread this week at thirty-one and a half points? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think so because I mean, you you got to look at it, man. And I, I, we talked about this before we recorded. I mean, th- 
Mac Jones is just going back to what Alabama used to be. You know, the, yeah. just a quarterback, a game manager that could hand the ball off, throw some touchdown passes, let their defense do the rest. I mean, you know, A.J. McCarron, Greg McElroy, you know, the old Alabama quarterbacks. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, everybody's been spoiled with Jalen Hurts and Tua the past couple of years that they forget what their quarterback situation used to be and they were still winning national championships. So, um, no, I, I think um, – and this is just – this is coming from my Clemson fan point of view – I think last year they really got complacent and they really just got, like he, you know, Saban said, rat poison. I think they really got complacent last year and they didn't have the competition. Their, their closest SEC game last year was 24 points to the, when they beat Mississippi State 24 nothing. So I think yeah. this year Saban's starting to realize that there's other competition. You've got that. You've got that LSU game coming up in two weeks after a bye week. So I do not think that he's going to overlook this game. I think he's really going to see what his his team can do. And I'm not saying they're going to run it up 63 to nothing, but I do think that they will make a point that because you got to remember, as bad as Arkansas was last year, they still put up 30 points on on Alabama's defense mm-hmm. last year. Sure did. So. I think he's going to make this a statement like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna do our best, play our best, and but yet we're not going to make it an embarrassing. We're not going to put sixty, seventy up on the board." Yeah. So speaking of last year, I had those numbers pull up here really quick. Uh, the game, the final was sixty-five to thirty-one. Uh, obviously, at that point, Bama was actually ranked number two in the country at six and zero. Arkansas was one and five. Um, it definitely started out what you would expect, you know, with Bama scoring 21 in the first quarter, 20 in the second quarter, Arkansas did manage to put 14 points on the board in the first half. And then they, they got the other 17, obviously in, in the, uh, in the second half, the third quarter with three points, the fourth quarter with 14, but it was still 65 to 31 defense collapsed. Like you expected to here's, here's the crazy thing. I forgot how much we actually threw the ball against Alabama. We threw the ball 40 times. Uh, Ty Story went 25 of 39 for 230 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Rakeem Boyd, arguably at that, definitely at that point, had the most success as far as yards per carry against Bama's front seven, more so than anybody in the SEC at, up until that point at 15 carries, 102 yards, which puts him just south of seven yards a carry. Now, obviously, you know, you fast forward to this year, it's a different ball game, but I, I don't know that Alabama. It, it's really difficult, in my opinion, to gauge just how good they really are. Um, yeah, they're great. I definitely think they're top three. At the very least, they're top three. But they've not played anybody that's even halfway decent outside of Texas A&M. And you and I were talking before we, we started recording. A&M's really, they look more like a bubble team. They don't look like a team that should be ranked. And, our, and, and Alabama won that one 47 to 28. And if and you know, if you watch that game, it, it was mostly Bama. But then you fast forward to the Tennessee game. It looked like there for a little bit, Tennessee was being competitive with Alabama in the, in the first half. And uh, Bama, of course, goes on to win that one, 35 to 13. I, I wonder, I mean, yeah, Alabama is going to absolutely wreck Arkansas. There's no question. There's also no, you're not going to get any argument from me that these guys don't find a way to win 11 games this year. Although uh, things get hard for them when once they play LSU on the ninth and then Obviously, they end the year with the Iron Bowl. But um, I guess really what 
I don't know how we do this without laughing again, but how how do you think Arkansas? How do they move the ball on Alabama's front seven? What do you think? Do, do they do they do something different? You, you know, we've heard about KJ Jefferson traveling with the team uh, against uh, who was that Kentucky, and supposedly they put in a package. So maybe Arkansas is going to pull all stops out and they do something crazy this weekend. Or do you think it's just more of the same against Alabama? Do you think it's just more of the inconsistencies and seeing Ben Hicks out there for four quarters? What are you What are you expecting to see Arkansas do offensively against Alabama? Well, <clears throat> just a, a prayer. Um, to, to really go out there and just try to try to do the best they can because I mean yeah. we can't sit here and say what do we expect from Arkansas week to week when Arkansas doesn't even know what they expect week to week. You know, yeah. I mean they they come out and play good against Texas A and M, then they flop the next week, and then they're getting beat by a wide receiver slash quarterback. So it's getting really hard to sit here and say what to expect. But I mean. You know, Alabama's defense is, is young this year. I mean, this is this is a defense that hasn't had to be tested yet. They they haven't played a game, you know. So to me, it, it it's it's either going to go one of two ways. Either Arkansas is going to have success because you know it is a young defense, or Saban's going to use this game as a fine tuning defensive game before the bye week into the LSU game to yep. see where this defense is at. So worry they're going to get an all-out defense. We're going to see blitzes and stuff like that. Or we're going to see a conservative defense because they don't want to show they, – they don't want to tip their hand to LSU, you know, because, they, like I said, they haven't been tested. So it, it, it's, it just depends on what kind of defense Alabama brings us is, is going to be – uh, it's going to show what kind of success Arkansas is going to have if they do like a conservative, you know, just kind of get get the defense some reps and stuff. I see we can have some success, but man, I, I just I don't know. I mean, you couldn't score ten points on Auburn, so it's kind of hard to sit here and say you're going <laughs> to score twenty twenty one points or, or more on Alabama. So, but yeah. you never know; they might surprise us because. If I'm not mistaken, uh, up until playoff time and, and conference championship time, the, the the team that scored the most points on Alabama last season was Arkansas. So you, yeah. you never know. And it kind of goes back a little bit to last year, I wonder, to some degree, because last year you had the A&M matchup with Arkansas, and it, like – you feel like if there was some confidence on on the on the sidelines with Arkansas, if they had I don't know better coaches, I don't I, you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you feel like they actually probably could have gone and maybe won that game a year ago, and the same thing this year. And you wonder if maybe there's something that Arkansas does on offense that Alabama struggles with. Maybe it is that high tempo, the you know the supposed RPO that they try to run, whatever. Like you said, this offense has no identity, and I don't know maybe that the dysfunction of Arkansas on offense. Maybe that is kind of the kryptonite for Alabama because they have no idea what to really prepare for um, because of how inconsistent Arkansas is on offense. Maybe that's kind of what happened with the A&M game. I don't know. But um, I, I wonder if there's something there to where maybe they defy expectations and at least make it a game for, I don't know, a, a half. You know, and I, that's asking entirely too much. I get it. But 
you know, I, I would I would love to see these guys. I would love to see Arkansas just go out there and, and, and get into a, a side alley scrap with Alabama. Just be scrappy, you know, play with a chip on your shoulder and make a game out of it. And you have an opportunity. Mac Jones, like we said, I mean, this guy out of Florida, you know, he was he was considered a top 20 pro style quarterback. He was a you know, he's a 52 overall or ranked 52 overall in the state of Florida. And he was ranked just inside the national 400, according to a 24 seven sports composite score. This is not a guy who, who runs outside. He's not someone who, when containment, when you break down containment and your coverage and everyone's backed off covering receivers 15 or so yards downfield, he's not someone who's going to roll over you. I mean, the guy supposedly ran out of, out of high school, a four, nine 40. Um, he's, he's not Tom Brady speed. Uh, that's that is yeah, I think Arkansas I think they might have an offensive lineman or excuse me Alabama probably has an offensive lineman who runs four nines I mean he's not mobile but he does have from what I've read he's got an, he's got the size and movement skills and arm strength uh, to actually stretch the field so that's going to be the challenge switching over to the defense maybe they can get pressure this week I don't know I doubt it I mean it's Alabama we know they're good up front um, but you know that's going to be Chiefs. That's that's his mo. He's going to dial up pressure, and now you've got this guy in Mac Jones who doesn't hold, have a whole lot of experience underneath his belt. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's just such a head scratcher with this with Arkansas. Like I, I really don't know what to tell anybody outside of it's going to be a blowout like we all expect it to be. I don't have them covering the spread. I said that last week on, on here and on the live show on YouTube, on the picture network, I said, I'm no, I'm no longer picking Arkansas to cover any spread. Never again. Not going to do it. And what's the spread right now? Uh, right now it is sitting at 31 and a half with the over under at 55 and a half. No, they don't cover the spread <laughs> because here's what we're forgetting. And, and here, you know, we're, we're leaving out the key component to Alabama's offense, the wide receiver run game. I would I would go wide receivers over the run game because mm-hmm. the run game hasn't been that impressive this year because they haven't had to use it. That's very you, true. You, you got you got Jerry Judy out there and rugs and all these people that you could throw these bubble screens to and they can make the plays. I mean that that's the thing that's really going to help Alabama in this game. If, if and even if it's Mac Jones in the LSU game, you know you've got these elite if not the best and i hate to say it but if not the best receiver core in the nation yeah so you, that's the thing i mean Jones could just sit there and throw up a prayer and and they're and they're gonna they're gonna pretty much catch it so yeah if if chief this is going to be his biggest test when it comes to containment because they're going to throw these screens they're going to throw these safe throws they're not going to have mac because mac jones is a band-aid quarterback He's, he's just going out there to get them through this game until the LSU game. So he's not, he's not going to throw any down-the-field shots. He's not going to be anything flashy, like you said, with that 4-9 speed. You know? So, you know, the, the, the receivers, you know, they got to get used to the quarterbacks who they're, you know, having throw to them. So, you know, Matt Jones is going to sit back there and throw it up and, and let the receivers do the work. I'll tell you what I think happens. Um, we've talked about it all year. It's been a glaring issue for this defense. They're going to set the outside edge. They're they're going to they're going to run Najee Harris and these running backs. They're going to have career games. I just, I just see it. North South Arkansas 
I've said it before. Go back and watch film. North-South run defense, they're not terrible. It's not real easy to run up the gut on Arkansas. Now, I say that this week, Alabama, they're capable of doing just that. So, But I think what they do is they let these running backs just go free. Go free. I think they're going to set the outside edge. They're going to try and take the take the pressure off this backup quarterback. I really think that's going to be their game plan. It's almost – it sounds too good to be true, too obvious – but it's Arkansas. Like you can be obvious. You can do the obvious thing and still have success on offense because they can't stop anybody. Now, as far as them throwing deep, I don't know. Apparently this guy's got an arm. Uh, I found something, an article a little while back that said that he wasn't afraid to throw deep, but in this offense, uh, which you certainly can, like you mentioned, these receivers are, I mean, they are stacked with NFL, you know, first, second, third round talented receivers, top to bottom. And, um, uh, they are a very pass-heavy offense. I mean, there's no doubt these guys average almost 350 yards a game, but that's with Tua, not with not with Mac Jones. So um, they they average right north of 160 yards a game, which is somewhere in the top, I think, top 75 in, in college football. I think this week they absolutely run all over Arkansas. They're going to do both. Hell, who are we kidding? They're going to do both. They're going to open it up. Arkansas is going to look once again atrocious on defense. That's what I think happens. We'll see. Maybe Arkansas finds a chink in Alabama's armor. Armor, if there is one, I don't think there is. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like I said earlier, they haven't truly been tested yet. They've not. They've not played anybody worth a damn. Like they really haven't. A and M is is a bubble team. You know, at best they're maybe top twenty five. You know, the bulk of their schedule is coming up, and it's really only two games. It's LSU and and and, and Auburn. Um, I, I don't know. I, the question that I have really for Arkansas, I'm not going to talk about their defense because I think they're just going to get lit up. Um, my question is how, how tight or loose the leash is going to be on whoever the quarterback's going to be. Cause we know Hicks supposedly he's got some shoulder issues or something's going on. What do you think there? What, what do you think? A, what is the, how tight should the leash be Peck? And then if so, are we going to have another situation where it's two quarterbacks in one game? Man, that's hard to tell because, I mean, you look at the last game. I mean, it, it the quarterback should have been pulled, but the coach is like, well, I don't want to put him into this kind of situation. I mean, wheels I'm kind of scared off. that we're going to we're, – we're, yeah, the wheels didn't fall off. But So I'm kind of scared that is, is he – I mean, he's telling us the wheels didn't fall off. But – to me, is that well? I just don't. Ha- I just don't want to change the quarterback. You know, I mean, to me, it's like okay, you've got to realize you are an SEC head coach. You've got to make those big boy decisions, and I think that it's come to the point to where, if if Hicks can't go and you got Starkle and he throws two or three interceptions, well, you just leave him out there. You're you're basically telling your team, I give up. Yeah. You know, you've got another guy. So, okay, so you put K.J. Jefferson out there and he throws a pick. At least you tried. At least you got somebody else out there. At least you tried to go out there and say, okay, this is what we have. I'm going to do something different instead of just saying, well, we'll just we'll just figure it out. You know, the wheels ain't fallen off yet. Well, yeah, they have fallen off. You know, the wheels have totally fallen off of this program. And if – Anybody wants to argue otherwise, they've lost their mind. Because you can't sit there in one game let your quarterback throw five picks. You can't let your quarterback come out in another game and throw four picks and then sit there and not make a change. I mean, you can't do that. 
You know, yeah. you just can't. And because we're talking about the SEC West, we're not the Sun Belt, we're not the Great American Conference, we're not in high school. This is the SEC. This is supposed to be the best conference, and the SEC West is the best division in college football. You know, this is not SMU anymore. And I think he's going to have to start making that realization like, okay, I've got to start making these tough decisions because his offensive coordinator has been with him since he was a graduate assistant at Clemson. You know, he's going to have to start making these decisions like start pulling these plugs or it's going to be him that gets pulled and and he's going to be left like, man, I should have done something different. That that's what's going to happen. Yeah, um, supposedly there's rumors going around. John Stephen is going to travel. Uh, that both the both the backup quarterbacks and freshman quarterbacks are going to are going to travel. I, again, everyone who's been calling for KJ, I think it's far more likely you see John Stephen because he's a redshirt freshman. He he's he's played. He's at least played on the field last year. We saw how that ended, but he was also a freshman. Um, so I think, I don't know what they have. I don't know if they're going to do something different this week or not. I don't know if this is going to be a week where they just stick it out again with the same guy, whoever that is as the starting quarterback. But, uh, I I don't know when this thing is 45 to three in the third quarter and you still got your starting quarterback out there. I, at that point, it's, it's no longer, what are you doing? It's just an eye roll, shut the game off, walk away because you don't expect anything to change. They're going to continue to do what they've been doing, and it's it's not working, and it's unfortunate. It, the wheels fell off after you lost to San Jose State. Like I, I don't know, I don't know how you come to that conclusion. You're getting you're getting just frog stomped by Auburn, and uh, it's just, it's just baffling, you know. And it sucks because we have to do this like every week. It's not going to be as bad because you're not playing another Bama outside of you know LSU who might be as good. But other than that, they're not going to be – we're not – we shouldn't see any more of these 30-plus point – well, I say that. I, you know what? I almost feel like I ought to put my foot in my mouth. But you shouldn't see any more 31-and-a-half point spreads outside of maybe LSU for the remainder of the year. May, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say the LSU game because, I mean, they're putting up freaking 40, 60 points a game. So Bur- Burroughs, he's yeah. second in all of the NCAA in passing yards. He's killed. Yeah, they're a scary he looks team like a high year. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, LSU and, and Arkansas, you know, even though they took the game away from after Thanksgiving, I mean, it's still a rivalry game, so it still means something. The LSU-Arkansas game means more to LSU than the Alabama game, Arkansas, you know, means to Alabama. So, I mean, that's the thing that's always scary when it comes to LSU is they're, they're, ready, they're always ready to play. And now they have an offense that passes. Uh, that's the game that could get uglier than this one. Yeah, yeah, it could. It absolutely could. Fortunately, like I said, um, you're not playing Alabama twice again outside, like you said, and, and like I said, the LSU matchup. But um, I still don't think – and I said this. I think I said it on my live stream. As of right now, I don't have Arkansas beating Western Kentucky. I just – I don't see it. With Ty Story, 4-0, uh, Western Kentucky appears to be moving the ball really well in offense. They found an identity – uh, they've actually they actually have an identity to some degree more so than Arkansas. Arkansas is discombobulated. There's you know then you've got the outside 
people like us, you know, dog in the program. I shouldn't say dog in the program, but absolutely being critical of this coaching staff. There's a lot on the shoulders of this program. Not that, you know, Chad Morris listens to anything that we say. Then again, he does follow us on Twitter on the Hog Talk podcast. Just saying. There's, there he, he are might the not odds. Know more after my comments, though, but, you know, it's just, <laughs> and I caught a lot of heat out of that. But here's the deal, you know, and I stay true to that. I'm a Clemson guy. So when I right. vouch for him, you know, I'm being Clemson. He can, and you got it on here where I was like, he could do this, he can do that. And then I feel like the guy hasn't shown up to work. And everybody's like, well, he shows oh, up yeah. every day. No, yeah. no, 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 no. If you're making the decisions that you're making and you're sitting there saying the wheels haven't fallen off, no, that's like the, like I said, and I stay true to it. That's like you vouching for a guy and then he don't show up for work. You caught some, you know, there was some heat on that one, wasn't there? Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. Okay. Let, y'all, y'all are like the, the people and this is, and if this gets me in trouble, this gets me in trouble. Uh-oh. But the fans who are saying that y'all are the band that are dying with the tight end. You're going to sit there and back the coach, no matter who the coach is. And as the boat's sinking, you're going to be that band that that, that drowns with the ship. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel about that. Because you're not you, – you've got to take your blinders off and realize he is making decisions. I mean, you could show – I could show up for work every day, but if I'm not doing a good job, I'm not doing a good job. Right. Everybody is out there saying, well, he shows up every day. So What? It's the decisions that he is making on the field. One, he has not taken over the play calling yet. That should have been done after the San Jose State game. One. Two, he has had multiple chances to get out here and speak and try to show that he is wanting to make changes to the program, to the fans. I mean, every week he's got this catfish hole radio show. You know, he's had multiple chances to come out and say that what he's going to do to make changes. And it's been the same, it's second verse, same as the first with him. Mm. That is what's got me so frustrated and people don't understand that. They think that, oh, you're bashing these kids and you're, no, 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 no. I'm not bashing a kid. You know, and, and, and this is what I will say, you know, to these people that, and, and I'll defend people going to the games. I think we should still go to the games mm-hmm. because this is the deal. And, and this is the analogy I told my wife the other day. It's like you have a marriage with your team and you and that team or you and your wife break up, but yet you're going to take it out on your kids. You're not mad at the kids. You're mad at the wife. So why do you got to stop seeing the kids? So I think, well, you're mad at the coach. You still go to the game. You still show those those players out there that you're still there for them. You're just mad at the coach. So yeah. that's the only thing, that's the only way that I say that people should still go to the games. If they choose not to, I'm not mad at you. I'm not saying that you're you're wrong for not going to the games. Right. That's not my place. I don't have that ticket. I don't spend the money on your ticket. But I'm just saying for the people who don't go to the games, I think you should take a step back and look at, I still should go to these games because I'm going to support those kids that are on the field and not take it out on them because I don't like the way the coach is coaching. Right. That, that's the only way I see that. 
as far as as far as what's happening with the fans and not going to the games and what have you, uh, don't go to the games if you don't want to go. There's there's no reason to support a terrible product on the field. You're paying for that. You're you're paying for that. Um, and even if you got the the tickets given to you and you don't go, so what? Someone else paid for that ticket. Um, you have every right to not go when there's a bad product on the field. I'm all for supporting a team and and sitting at home and, and putting on the gear and the hog hat and putting the red and white paint on. But if you don't want to show your face at that stadium and get embarrassed, I can't blame anybody. You know, there was a picture on Twitter. A guy had a bag on his head. And it was shared around social media, and he caught a little bit of – he got some flack. I, I, you know, look, I'm not even going to – I'm not going to shame that guy. I think it's a little like, come on, bro, for real. But I'm not going to shame the guy. I'm not going to – you do what you want, man. That's your money, your ticket, your seat. You want to show up with a bag on your head, do you. You know, if that's the way you want – we have a First Amendment right. By God, why not exercise it with with what we're seeing with this with this team and the product on the field. But I always say, and I've said this before, you, you – uh, what's the popular – What's the saying now? All these people uh, that that uh, you know are are, are part of the uh, counterculture. You know, you you resist by speaking with your wallet. You speak with your wallet. That's how you. That's how you. That's how you show your criticism. I hate to even use that word resist because it's one of those. It's one of those uh, snowflake terms people love to use on social media. The hashtag resist. Got to resist. But <laughs> yeah. You uh, you absolutely need to speak with your speak with your wallet here. Don't go to the games. Don't show support. Don't give them financial support if you don't agree with what's going on. And by the way, this started because of how they handled the firing of Jeff Long. That's how. That's why we're in the situation that we're in. And maybe again, I get lost where I say things. I maybe I talk too loud and too often. But uh, this started when they allowed an interim AD to come in and, and be influenced by, you know, the board of trustees, by alumni, by boosters. You needed, if you wanted to fire Jeff Long, I'm not against that. I'm not against that, especially when we found out today that supposedly Jeff Long was giving Brett Bielema like an extra 50 grand a month on top of his, uh, on top of his, his exit strategy in the contract. And it didn't come out of the contract. I don't know what the hell that was all about. I, I tweeted that today, but after, especially after reading that, that was from Whole Hog Sports from Wally Hall. But um, fine, fire Jeff Long, but do it sooner. Do it sooner, and it put them in the situation where you don't have an AD. You know, you're having to. I can't remember if they used a firm or not to look for the AD. I, maybe they did. Uh, but meanwhile, you've got Cromer, Cromer Peoples or whatever her name is. She's now an AD. She was a puppet. I mean, she was Absolutely. a puppet. And if you listen to her, and I've listened to the Hog Pod where she come out, she was a puppet. So it wasn't, she absolutely and was. She, and I will say this. She does catch a lot of heat for her role. Yeah. But it wouldn't matter if it was her or anybody else. She was nope. put in a place to do a job. And they, if it wouldn't have been her, it would have been somebody else. It would have been someone else. And Absolutely. I think Jeff Long needed to go because, and you can go back to what your tweet said about um, his giving 50K to Bielema, but he proved who he was at Kansas with this whole shenanigans with Snoop Dogg, and he wants to sit here and say, well, I didn't know what, what an aerobic dancer was. <laughs> I don't, that is, if that ain't Bill Clinton stuff, I don't oh, know man. what it is. <laughs> He uh, sat there, and, and there is video of him walking by the daggum stripper pole in their arena, and he's like, I don't know what an aerobic dancer is, or what, I can't remember the exact term, but he used a term, and it's quoted, 
I didn't know what that meant in today's culture. Bull corn. So that just showed his true color. So, and we got a guy. I think we did really good. Oh, yeah. They found the guy in Hunter. Hunter's looks like the man. I mean, he so far he's made two fantastic hires. The yes. uh, the gym the gym coach, I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Uh, the Jordan gymnastics. Weber. Okay. Everyone loves that hire, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Dave Van Horn, he and Dave Van Horn get along fabulously. And in fact, they're going to get, uh, they're going to get some work done at, uh, at, at Bum Walker. That's really cool. And then, you know, you've got, you've got the muscleman hire, you've got the court, which I think was already kind of pre, I think that was decided before he came along. I'm not, I can't remember. And then, you know, I, I feel like he's going to make, I think he's going to make the right decision at the end of the year with the football program. I wanted to go back to something really quick though. Uh, and I know typically our Friday shows aren't real long. Maybe this one goes a little longer, and I think we're okay with that. Um, you that that Facebook post that we had mentioned that got everyone riled up. I wanted to read that what you said. And this is from this is from uh, Peck Hayes. This was actually published by Jacob Porter. Didn't post this. It was Jacob that posted this, and it says, "Quote, you know, when you vouch for a friend to get him in the door, then he doesn't show up to work. That's Morris." end quote from Pat Kays from the producer of the hog talk podcast. And the, <laughs> I gotta say, I think, I think some people went back and deleted their, their responses because I'm, I'm not seeing a couple of other, there were some others that are not there, but someone had uh, where is it? Let me find it. Here it is. This is from John Freck Furman. He says, is this the hog talk or bash a coach talk? Well, and here's the deal. You, you you know, and this is just, this is me and you speak. Okay. That's that burner account that is on is our... Is that the LSU guy? Yes, that's the okay. LSU guy. Okay. okay. So, I, 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 of course, I fact check. But here's the deal. You know when sometimes that when you have a connection to a certain program, you can say certain things. Oh, yeah. I felt, because I am a Clemson fan... I vouched for him. I said he could turn around this program. If he does not come through, then I feel like I have every right in the world to be negative because I know what I'm talking about. I was there, watched him, and I'm very thankful for what he started at Clemson. Do I give him full credit for what happened at Clemson? No, I do not. You know, everybody wants to give him 100% credit for what happened at Clemson. He started the offensive part of Clemson. But what people fail to realize is since Brent Venables has been at Clemson, they're 90 and 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no you doubt know, he's had an impact. Everybody put this hope, and it's this hope bug. Well, look what he did at Clemson. Yeah, he lit that spark, but Venables got the fire going. And that's what I want people to understand. And I'm not saying this is a dig, I'm not saying this to troll. I'm saying this as a Clemson fan who has been a Clemson fan for 25 years. I know, and I compared Clemson to Arkansas as programs before Dabo, mm -hmm. as, and very comparable. Good at baseball, basketball, no, Arkansas really has the edge on basketball. But football, they're very comparable because they've always been that mediocre in the SEC and ACC. They've never really you know, jumped to the, to the top of their program consistently until Dabo come along. Yeah. So, you know, what I've said about Morris is what I truly felt because I was there 
before Deshaun Watson come in. I was there when C.J. Spiller was there. You know, you get these, you know, I compare, you know, C.J. Spiller and James Davis was the two-headed monster just like Felix Jones and, and Darren Fadden. A lot of people don't realize that. I, I would have loved to have seen them playing that Peach Bowl game, and they it almost happened where Darren McFadden, you know, Peyton Hillis, and Felix Jones could have played Clemson when they had C.J. Spiller and James Davis. I mean, that would have been an excellent matchup. Yeah. So when people come at me with this negativity of Chad Morse, they got to realize, look, I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I can vouch for it because I am a Clemson guy. So it, it offends me when everybody wants to throw the positives about what Chad Morris did for Clemson, but yet when the negativity comes out, they don't want to accept it. You right. Know, that's what gets me. To finish what John said, now you say he's the LSU troll. I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. But he says, shaking my head, and people can't understand why, why committed are leaving. He's talking about the prospects. No, John, they're, they're leaving because Arkansas went 2-10 and ten last year, and they're about to go 3-9, and 2-10 and ten again this year. That's why they're leaving. Um, that's, that's the thing that we've talked about over and over here on the hog talk and on, on the live show on PTN, like that is, that is just ridiculous to make this comment that because fans say things, players are, are decommitting. Um, no, they're, they're not stupid. They, they can see when, when you make a comment like that, it's almost like you're implying that these recruits are stupid and they don't know what's going on on the field. Like they're, they're incompetent. The, the guys that are going to Tennessee are going to Tennessee because Tennessee can win an SEC game. They look they're competitive. They're going to Tennessee because they play in the East and they, they look competitive and they're beating teams. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go to a school that – and here and, and this is just another thing. This goes back to kind of my fan point of view. Tennessee is a bottom team other than Vanderbilt in the East as of now. You know, they have the tradition. When they played Georgia, they had 100,000 people in the stands. All right, so Arkansas's a 2-10 and 10 team. They're playing, say they were playing Alabama in Arkansas this year. You'd be lucky to get 40,000. Yeah. You'd be lucky. So those guys are going to go to Tennessee because, one, the fans are going to show up no matter what because of that tradition. Two, they can actually win SEC games. And three, they're not, yeah, so Tennessee got beat by Georgia State, but yet they have actually won an SEC game. Right. And they almost won another one. They, They've been, in that they Alabama game, look, they were competitive. They definitely look like they're at least playing better. Uh, like South Carolina this year, they've kind of turned it around a little bit. They actually look yeah. somewhat competitive, at least better than the way they started. And one more comment. This is from Sharon Graham Howeth. Uh, she says, you have no clue how hard that guy works. It's fine to have an opinion, but show a little class. Uh, Sharon, again, I mean, Porter, you've already explained what you're actually talking about. I think some of what you said was kind of taken out of context. Again, Porter, uh, as he clearly just already stated, that he was talking about as a Clemson fan, you feel like you vouch for the guy and he's not coming through. It was not. I didn't take what you said as a personal attack on, on uh, uh, Chad Morris. If you take it that way, fine then maybe you just don't listen to our show enough i don't know which we i'm not a fan of taking believe me if peck if i felt like peck threw a personal attack at at chad i definitely would have said something but i didn't take i knew exactly what that was when that quote was posted and people are ridiculous and again there were other there were other comments but it looks like some of them got deleted 
which I find funny too. I know there are at least well, two and, others. And here's the thing: it's like how many how many friends you got? This is just how many friends you got that you they you're ride or die. They're your friends, but there's just certain things they can't do. Right. You know, if they're still your friend. You still consider them good people. They're just not holding up their end. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I want people to understand is this was not a. I'm not jabbing at him. I'm not going at his personal character. I'm not saying he's a bad person. Right. But everything I said is held up in facts. Mm -hmm. You know, he come to Arkansas and he is probably, unless he beats Mississippi State, he is going to go 0-16 his first two years at Arkansas. No coach has ever done that. There is not one coach in their first two years that have went 0-16 in the SEC conference. Yeah. And you had a guy like Jack Crow that lost to the Citadel, you know. So it just it I guess it gets to me when I'm just simply saying that I'm not saying it to troll, and right. that's where we live in the society today, where there's so many trolls out there <laughs> that people look at that as a troll comment, and then they look at you know who I am, and they're like, oh. He actually knows what he's talking about. He is a Clemson fan, so he can vouch for that. I feel right. like I can say that. Yeah. And like I said, too, like we we've, we don't take – at least I don't think we have. I don't think we've taken personal shots. We've definitely made – I mean, we've we've laughed at the stupid comments people have made on social media, and I definitely do that on PTN. Now, if you dog me on my live show, if you come at me, I'm going to come right back at you. But I'm still like – I'm. I think you and I are a lot alike like that. I don't think we mean anything – uh, you know, we're not attacking anybody personally, especially any coaching or any any staff, any definitely no players and 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 so on and so forth. So, um, no, because we're all adults, we're all husbands, we're all fathers, or we're oh, all yeah. brothers, we're all human beings. So I would never, I would. Here's the deal with me: I would never go at a man until he like comes at my children or my wife. Right. So, you know, I'm not gonna go at Chad Morris, but I don't know the man. But I'm just saying from a coach what he has done and, and all the high praises, and I've heard Clemson's name come out of so many Razorbacks fans' mouth and radio because they feel like he is going to bring Clemson to Arkansas. And I, mm. I'm like, man, it could happen, but I've, yeah. I've heard it. So when he does not come through with that promise, with that vision of what Clemson is, yes, I'm going to take offense to it because, one, that's offensive to Dabo and what he's built it. At Clemson, because they're like, well, he started the he started the whole thing at Clemson. No, Dabo started it because he built a family around him, and built that he's lost two coordinators in the ten years that he's been there. He started it. He brought right. Chad Morris. Chad Morris lit that spark, got the spark going, and then Brent Venables lit the fire. Well, they're still having success without Chad too. Exactly. That's, that's yes, kind of the proof exactly. in the pudding. Yes. I will admit that before Chad, yeah, their offense. Which, I mean, Clemson was not good on offense. Chad comes in. No, no, they he changes was, it yeah, around, exactly. and now and they're great. But the proof yeah. is in the pudding that since Chad has left, they're still. You could maybe even argue they're even better on offense after well, Chad. Well, left. And that's what I told you. I mean, they're ninety and eleven since Brent Venables has been there. Exactly. If that does not, and it's that's what the deal. It goes back to defensive wins championships. If you just had Chad Morris at Clemson and you didn't have Brent Venables, guess what? You'd be in Oklahoma because Oklahoma always has this high-powered offense with no defense. How many championships have they won since 2000? None. Exactly. (laughs) 
including an embarrassing loss in the Fiesta Bowl to Boise State. Exactly. They had no business losing to. But that that's the Big 12 overall. They don't play defense over there. I have friends that are Big 12 fans. I'm sure you're used to that, too, in Ozark. Yeah. And they love to tell you about, well, no, it's our overpowering offense. No, it's more like your lack of talent on defense and your lack of any kind of uh, of of defense taking any kind of priority. But hey, that's where football's migrated to the last decade. That's where it's gone to. Um, they still don't play defense. And that has to go with refs target. too, because the penalties and and the protection of the quarterbacks and the and the oh, yeah. targeting and stuff that has had a huge impact on you know the offensive production. Oh, because for sure. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they don't <laughs> want to lean in with that shoulder because they're afraid of their head hitting the quarterback. And these, and it's caused these ticky tack fouls that happen on these quarterbacks and stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of it it has to do with protection of the quarterback and then all these flags and penalties which causes the defense well i don't want to get thrown out of the game because it's not a 15-yard penalty anymore if they look at film and they say you're targeting you're out of the game yep and there there have been some bad calls on that too bad calls and you can argue in some cases they've even uh handicapped defenses because of these types of calls and now you have to think while you're tackling like I, I played high school football a long time ago, and I can tell you my my emphasis. Of course, I played on the offensive line, but when I did play a little scout team D, I wasn't thinking. I just wanted to hit the guy. Like that was the goal: bring him down to the turf. He's got the ball. Do whatever you can. You're not thinking in a split second. Wait a minute. Nope. Hold on. You might want to. You might want to think about how you're how you're approaching this uh, this guy with the ball. You better think twice, or you're going to get ejected. Like that's not something that went through my mind. Of course, you're talking about 1999, 2000. That was a long time ago. Football was um, you, you, defense was a thing back then, and now you know I've gone on rants about that everywhere about how the game has changed. And, and maybe it's not. Maybe it is for the better. At the end of the day, if we're talking about the health of these players and uh, let's be real. What sells tickets? You know, it's it's yeah, scoring. Offense. It's offense. Yeah. That's what scores. Or uh, what, and, what sells And this is tickets. where I'll go with that is like one with the offensive player when somebody's coming out. You got people now that are running four three four 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 five forties. That's the slowest in D one four five maybe. The first thing that offensive player wants to do is they want to duck their head. Oh, so that yeah. you know that has to do with it. So, but then too, this has always been my biggest argument. I don't want to hear nothing, nothing about them thinking about player safety until they start making the equipment bigger. They want to talk about <laughs> safety, but yet they don't wear knee pads no more. No. The, the person's shoulder pads looks like those little kitty things you buy for my son yeah. to wear a Dallas Cowboys helmet and the little plastic shoulder pads. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to hear nothing about you're looking out for player safety when you're looking – out for you're making those pads and the equipment smaller so the quarterbacks and the running backs can be more mobile and faster. That's when I'll start listening to you. Right. When you start making and I work in an industry where where safety equipment is imperative. Mm-hmm. So until you start making that safety equipment bigger and more more where it's durable then I'll start listening to we're looking out for player safety. But when I see a wide receiver or a defensive back or anybody out there not having knee pads on or the quarterback with the shoulder pads that looks like they're half an inch thick, 
you're not looking out for safety. That that's my biggest gripe. Right. Make the safety equipment better and bigger to where you're actually gonna protect that stuff instead of making it smaller when the players are getting bigger and mm-hmm. faster and stronger. Right. Yeah. Now we know we know what this is all about. At the end of the day, it's what it's always all what it's what it's going to always be about, which is the bottom dollar and and uh you know, offense sells tickets. There's no doubt about that. Last thing I wanted to say really quick, we won't go too long on this, but uh, USA Today put out an article about uh, buyouts and, and hot seats. Chad Morris did make this list. There's a whole, there was uh, Charlie Strong was there, Chad Morris, Jim Harbaugh uh, were all on it. This is what they said about, first off, they say, they say his buyouts at 10 million. That's the first I've heard that. I've heard it was 9 million. I heard it was 12 and a half million. And then I've it's, also heard it's nine million after January. There's a certain day. I don't know if it's January first okay. or January fifth or whatever. But there's a certain day in January it goes down. If he makes it past January, say let's say fourth, it goes down to nine million dollars. Right. So there's, yeah, there's I know a it point goes in there. down every year. Yeah. I, I think what they were doing here was they were trying to just split it down the middle and go with uh go with just an in the middle estimate on his buyout. But I kind of wish they'd done a little bit more homework because this is so half assed what they wrote here. Um they say in the article, they say, yes, Morris is only in on his, his second season at Arkansas, but a home loss to San Jose State in September certainly didn't help solidify his job status, especially because the Razorbacks went 2-10 and 10 last year and Morris was 14-22 uh, and 22 at SMU before that. Money could be an issue, though, as Arkansas – listen to this. This is what they wrote, uh, USA Today. As Arkansas is still paying former coach Brett Bielema – a buyout of three, uh, $320,000 a month through the end of 2020. Could it afford to maintain those payments, shell out another eight-figure buyout for Morris and still have enough money left to hire a suitable replacement? Yeah, they're not, they're, they haven't, they're not paying him $320,000 a, $320, a month last I heard. Um, Wally Hall put out an article that actually stated they haven't paid that since, I think, December of last year. Uh, if I read yeah, that they didn't correctly. pay him anything in 2019 at all. I remember that statement coming out. But this come from Dan Wolken. You know, I, if I'm right, USA. I don't Today, think it was Dan. I, May, I'd have to find the article again. I don't think it was Dan Wolken. I think it was. Let me pull it up. Uh, I thought he was, was on the radio yesterday talking about it, and he was the one talking about the five worst contracts and stuff like this. So it's Tom it, Shad and Steve Berkowitz. Okay, from the USA Today. Well, then yeah, he the, was representing Dan Wilkin because he works with the USA Today. He was on the radio yesterday talking about these bad contracts. But here's yeah. the deal: is what, and this is just how powerful and how much money the SEC generates. What they consider a lot around the other conferences is pretty similar. I mean, it's just generic in the SEC because a lot of people don't remember that when Nick Saban first started Alabama, he was making $4 million a year. 4.4, I think, is what he got, and everybody was like, that's too much. Yeah. Now he's making close to $9 million a year, almost, you know, over twice as much as that. So Chad Morris is making, you know, what he's making and his buyout is nine million after January. But I think what's gonna happen is I you know, like we've heard the the, the, the term chain of command. 
I think Hunter is going to give him the, the, the chance to make things right. I, th- I think at the end of the year, they're going to come to an evaluation and say, all right, you're going to have to make some changes. If you don't want to make them changes, then I am going to make changes. As in, Hunter Tech's going to make changes to the head coaching job. Yeah. I, I think that's the only way. I think that's the only way Chad Morris loses his job is if Hunter Yurchek comes to him at the end of the year and says, "You have to clean house, or I'm going to clean house." If Chad Morris decides to make his changes, then he keeps his job, and then they'll bring some assistants that can come in and win. But that's the only way I see. Even if they lose to Western Kentucky, because that's just how bad things are, I, I, I think Hunter check says, look, you, you've got to make changes or I'm going to make them for you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's a part of me, I'm split down the middle. How do you keep a guy who's never won a Power Five? And, and, and even though it's just two years, you look back at his SMU, like that article said, what he did or what he didn't do absolutely impacts him now because he's not Hunter Yurchek's guy. Hunter Yurchek didn't make this hire. He wasn't a part of this part of the, the that portion of the the coaching search. And you know Hunter's going to sit down and look at his record at SMU and then look at what's happening here and wondering if it's just a mirror job of what happened at, at SMU. I think I think that the Western Kentucky job or Western Kentucky game could very well determine what happens with Chad Morris. Uh, and then again, at the same time, there there is that buyout factor. Uh, if if they can't raise the money. If Hunter Yurchek's on the phone with people right now and they're like, look, our, our pockets are empty right now, then they may be forced to – they may have to stick it out with him. But like they said on the radio, Ruskin and Zach said this, uh, I think, last week, that if you keep him on for three, then, hell, you might as well just keep him on for four at that point. Because then, you know, what are you, what are you doing anyways if you're keeping him here for three years based on what you've seen? How do you – how do you – justify keeping that here for year three. So therefore you've already kind of set the standard as I'm going to accept that we're, we're a three, four win team a year. You're accepting less than mediocrity. So when I I can rebuttal that is because here's the deal and I'll throw an angle that nobody's thrown out here yet. It's almost like NBA free agency. So if, if the end of the year comes out and Hunter checks, not, happy with what Chad Morris is is doing but he looks around to see who's available if because here's the deal we got to realize if he fires Chad Morris and brings somebody in he's going to have to bring in somebody who is confident enough that can rebuild a program so if he is not confident that of the choices that are out there that can rebuild a program well, we're going to ride out another year. We're going to give him another chance, another year, to bring in uh, uh, assistance around him. Because what if at the end of next year, somebody emerges as a candidate or if it don't work at another location, that somebody comes about that can rebuild a program, then he goes after them. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like it, it's, it's a free agency deal. So just because somebody's not available, because here's the deal, you're, you're going to have to shell out four, $4 million a year to somebody to come in and rebuild your program. Right. And, if, and Hunter Yurichek 
seems like the guy. He's very smart, and he's made good decisions so far. So at the end of this year, if he does not see any candidates out there that are worthy of that $4 million a year to come in and rebuild his program, he's not going to let go of his guy and then bring in somebody who's not worthy of it. He'll well, give I've, Chad Morris another year. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think, I think what you do is – I don't think Hunter's going to wait till just the end of the year to, to start looking. I think he's probably looking right now. Um, I well, think that's he's what his, I'm getting at. He already his, knows. He already knows feelers, what's going on. Yeah, right. exactly. His I, feelers I are out. And if, yeah. if, if there's someone that, that, that maybe he can get a hold of, you know, you look at Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I know, I know people are like, wait a minute, Arkansas already did that with, with Brett Bielham out of the Big Ten. He was successful there and left, uh, and it didn't work out here. But at the end of the day, Jim Harbaugh has a much, much more proven record than Brett Bielema ever had. His only ever his only coaching job was ever at uh, Wisconsin as a head coach. So, and he had seven years there, and you could absolutely make the argument that Barry Alvarez built what's going on at Wisconsin. Now that yes, we look at that, it, yeah, hindsight, that's that's true. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Brett Bielema, granted, he coached those guys, and it was his team and his program, but it was set up with the Barry Alvarez success. Jim Harbaugh is a self-made, successful coach. You go back to Stanford, and obviously you look at what he did with the Niners. Now, they're not going to get Jim Harbaugh. The rumor— No, I think that Jim Harbaugh's an NFL guy. He's going to go back. If he leaves Michigan, he'll go back to the NFL. Because here's the deal with that, and this is just confidence level. If he can't win at Michigan, he sure the heck ain't going to win at Arkansas. No, no. That's my opinion. Yeah. I was using him as an example. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. yeah, they're not going to get Jim. But maybe you get on the phone and you're talking with people like Jim Harbaugh, who's on the hot seat. So maybe there's another coach who's been successful elsewhere, and maybe they're looking for a way out at Michigan. Harbaugh wants out of Michigan. I think it's all. But, but there's a lot of office. Razorback fans that are hungry. They see a big name, big flashy name. Mm-hmm. They have jumped on that. I mean, as oh, soon as sure. as soon as he's the tweet come out about the exit strategy. People were jumping on that. Hey, Arkansas, look, and we've kind of fed into it. Of course we feed into it. But when the reality of it comes, I wouldn't want Jim Harbaugh because if he can't win at Michigan. Oh, well, he's winning at Michigan. Stories, he's winning at Michigan. He's just not winning to the degree that they think they think they're still a blue blood. And I don't think they are. I think their time has passed. Um, yeah. They're definitely a step closer to being back into a blue blood, blue blood status than, let's say, Arkansas. But, I mean, he's winning, you know, 10 games a year there, 8 to 10. I think his lowest win percentage, I think, is 8. Uh, he's winning there. He's just not winning to the degree that Michigan fans want him to win. Now, this year, we'll see how he finishes. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that he ends up back in the NFL for sure. Um, that's already kind of been speculated. But that's just an example, like Chris Peterson at Washington. Like maybe you're on the phone with Chris Peterson. Maybe you're on the phone. Maybe you are on the phone with Leach, and you're you're you've got the feelers out. And if there's someone who maybe you, all of a sudden the signals there, like okay, there might be a possibility we could work something out. Um, maybe he does go another route, and then maybe he sees that there's some options out there, and then he walks away from Chad Morse, like we like we found out. There, there's no, they're not paying Brett Bielema. Supposedly he's going to get his lawyers involved. So. Don't leave that alone, everybody. It sounds like Brett Bielema might be trying to uh, sue the Razorback Foundation. There's something ongoing there that I read today, so we'll keep an eye on that for you. But uh, So you're not, for right now, you're not paying Brett Bielema. You're just going to have to handle the buyout of Chad Morris, which, like you said, uh, drops to 9 mil. Let's say it is, let's say, hell, it is 12 million. 
I still think you've got to look and you've got to absolutely get the fillers out and see if you can find somebody. But um, and another thing too that I think is going to influence their decision. And we I, again we talked about this last week. Ticket sales make up twenty seven percent of your of your total uh, of your, uh, your your financial lifeline, and that's your second largest behind television contracts, which is at twenty nine percent. Um, if we continue to see these tickets, you know, the, the sales drop and then you look just looking at the empty stadium, that's embarrassing that that decreases your, your, your program's value, which absolutely matters. Even at a school like Arkansas, which guess what, according to Forbes ranks 18th or somewhere in the top 20 year in and year out in total value. I think this year they're ranked, they're tied with uh, South Carolina at 16th. Like these things matter, and you bet your ass the board of trustees are looking at things like that and saying, "Okay, ticket sales are down." You know, even if they're at fifty thousand, that's way under what they should be on average. And then just the sheer look of the empty stadium in the empty north end zone—you get to see how polished and clean it is because there's nobody there. So that's what's well, laughable when they say fifty-four thousand, and then with social media, people are doing scans of the stadium, and you see empty seats everywhere. Yep. That's to me that's a lie. They're getting called they're getting called out and I love it and they should be. That's exactly. exactly this goes back to that speaking with your wallet and being critical online. It is important and I would even argue that it's imperative that you be openly skeptical of what you're seeing. You're paying for this stuff. You know, and 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 even just being a fan. I'm critical of, of the Rams, of the Celtics, of the Cardinals. That's your right as a fan, I think. But, you know, the, the value of this program is going to drop. Right now, again, this is according to Forbes, you're ranked ahead of schools like USC, Washington, Nebraska, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, and even Clemson. Clemson sits back at, 20, at 25th, um, and that's a program that is winning, and they are winning big, and you're, you're, you're ahead of them in value, and yet you're wasting it. You're, it's, it's wasted on this staff. And for what I can tell, the board of trustees don't know what the hell they're doing. So maybe all of this is wasted on them too. Change has to happen. Maybe it needs to start with the board of trustees and then on, on down. I don't know, but something's got to change. And we're going to say it every week until this starts to turn around. We're going to tell you guys, we're going to speak our minds on this and that this is not what fans were asking for when they wanted to make a change for Brett Bielema. Yeah. And, and it uh, comes down to, like you said, stop spending the money because here's the deal. It's a corporate America world we live in. So you threw your five tickets down on the on the sidewalk. They still got your money. It doesn't matter (laughs) if you threw that. They still got your money. So they're sitting there as a corporate America business because college football is a business, and they still got your money. So yeah, go ahead throw. But they could sit there and still say, "Well, we still had fifty four thousand tickets scanned." We made money off of that. Or so sold. They had, yeah, or yeah. sold. Just yeah, buying sold. the tickets. So they still made it's... money off of that. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether they come in the stadium and made extra, that's different. But they yeah. still made 54,000 tickets revenue off of that game. Yep. Sure did. They made the money. And you're buying into it. Now, again, I'm not, like Peck said earlier, we're not shaming you if you go to the games. We get it. You know, you want to support your hogs. And you know what? I'm going to try to go to a game. We're not telling you not to go. 
But if you're really that upset about it, then the best thing to do is to is to speak out on social media and to maybe not buy the merchandise. Maybe don't go to the game. Speak with your wallet as always. Look, I'm a laissez-faire capitalist, okay? I don't mind. I, corporate America doesn't bother me. I, I, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, 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 I hey, look, I, I want to get in on some Bitcoin action, okay? I'm all about that life, but... Um, need to be, I don't know, in this case, just, I guess, be smarter consumers if you really, or if you're really, really upset about what's going on. I know I am. I'm not real happy about it. Uh, I'm still going to try and go to a game. I don't know if Jacob is there. I think Jacob said he's going to try to go to a couple, um, maybe the Mizzou game, uh, and then maybe whatever's left here in Fayetteville. But uh, I think that's, I think that's going to do it for episode 33. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much. This is a little bit longer Friday video, and or a uh, video, ha, a little bit longer podcast than normal. And I, I loved it. It was it went by really fast. Peck, thank you so much for filling in for Jacob, my man. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having on, and uh, you know, appreciate our fans. You know, that's the mm-hmm. thing we got to look at. We we no matter how bad the uh, the team's doing, we still have fans. We still have y'all, Absolutely. the people on Discord, and everybody that follows us. So I wanna I wanna say a huge thank you to all of our fans. We're we're approaching twelve thousand. If we haven't surpassed it already, so. You know, mm-hmm. keep following us, keep liking us, because hey, we love you fans just as much as you love listening to us. Mm-hmm. And we love the Hogs. We come off. We, Jacob and I came off probably. I mean, we were having fun with it, but I kind of feel like that's every Hog fan right now. Like you're just at the point where it's everything's laughable. But you still love the Hogs. I love the Hogs. Jacob loves the Hogs. Porter has a respect for the Razorbacks, even as a Clemson fan. I mean, he's an Arkansan too. You know, he I'm doesn't like Arkansas seeing this either. I have either. a passion for the Hogs. That's the thing. I, I'm born and raised Arkansas. Just because I have another team that I root for doesn't mean that I don't have the passion for the Razorbacks. Right. And I want, because I have a lot of friends, you know, Jacob, Ty, a lot of personal friends and family that are Razorback fans. I feel for them. So, yes, I mean, you know, I have a passion for born and raised in Ozark, Arkansas. You know, I'm a hillbilly and I have a passion for the hogs just because I'm a Clemson fan does not mean that I'm not passionate about the Razorbacks. Now, are you, are you a hillbilly because it's Ozark? Or are you saying you're a hillbilly because I'm you know, a hillbilly because hey, it's, it's Ozark, you know, <laughs> Ozark hillbillies, man. That's the thing. Uh, once a hillbilly, here's the thing about Ozark, man. We have a pride. It's HPRD hillbilly pride runs deep. And that go. is something we preach from kindergarten until high school and after graduation and and everything we do athletics it's hprd baby there you go there you have it so again episode 33 thank you guys so much remember to give us some star power over on itunes and uh feel free to share this content and i think that's going to do it also uh, just another quick reminder i i am uploading all the or well i'm uploading downloading whatever all the uh, i or the uh, live stream youtube videos is what i'm trying to say over on the Pigtrail Network, those are on the Pigtrail Podcast. So you can, if, if you miss out on those live shows, and let's say you're on the road and you don't want to keep YouTube up the whole time, you could just go to Spotify, iTunes, whatever, look up the Pigtrail now. Although, I'm not on iTunes yet. I don't know what's going on. I'm only on Spotify at the moment, so we're, we're waiting on the iTunes thing to unlock. But uh, we're on Spotify at the very least, so if you want to, if you, if you miss out on a, on a live stream, feel free to go check it out there. And we, I do have a Thursday morning show. I think I'm going to call it Thirsty Thursday. I don't know. I need to come up with something a little a little uh, 
Well, you got Flamingo Friday. So yeah, I do have Flamingo Friday. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I need something for Thursday. I'll, ha- I'll have to think of something. Maybe I'll lean on the audience for that. I can do a poll on Twitter. You guys there can There you go. That. Let the poll, let your fans name your show on Thursday. You because go. I don't know of an animal that would go good because you got Flamingo Friday. I don't know what mm-hmm. animal would go with Thursday. So, uh, tur- turtle? T- no, that doesn't work either. I don't know. I'll let Same. you fans figure that one out for me. I'll go that route for sure. So, episode 33, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you, I guess I'll see you on the halftime show. I think I should be able to do that. If not, maybe one of these guys can fill in for me. If not, I'll see you whenever I see you, and and, uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go Hogs! If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.